Jen, Andre, how are you on this glorious morning? Fine, fine, fine. <laughs> I had a dream that took a Valium last night, so it was great. <laughs> All right, now, very quickly, you're going to want to stay tuned to Movies, 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 because uh, a little later on Spotlight, Jen and Andre have got a special guest coming in, Anna Barnes, from the A Writer from the ABC's Retrograde which is a fun, love and comedy series shot during lockdown over Zoom about a few 30-somethings going through the virus, the pandemic, and to quote Jen and Andre, semi-loving themselves for it. So that's happening mm. very, very soon. Let's get into some movie news first. That's gossip. Movie news. That's gossip. Jenny, Jenny, you haven't said anything yet. I'm worried. Is the connection bad? Are you there? Hello? I've just uh, put it on Jenny... the hotspot on my phone. The NBN famously made the connection worse in our house, but that's I'm right. That's right. That's Jen, fine. also, I have to ask before we start moving news, is that Nocturne Alley behind you? Because if it is, I was looking for that background all morning and I couldn't find it because I kept typing I kept typing diagonally into Google and it wouldn't come up as Nocturne Alley. But is that Nocturne Alley behind you? It's not, but it could be. It's actually Berlin in the 30s. <laughs> okay. Speaking of Berlin in the 30s, uh, the new Batman film, which echoes Berlin in the 30s, am I right or am I right, uh, has been put on pause because uh, Robert Pattinson, aka Batman, got the Coco. So we're all wondering, what's the Coco? Are we going to be able to see the Batman film? It's being postponed until 2021. And dare I say, Robert Pattinson getting coronavirus is by far the sexiest celebrity to get coronavirus just yet. I mean, The Rock was kind of maybe up there as well, but... I think Robert P is probably the sexiest, don't you think, Jen? Yeah, well, now he's truly forbidden. You really can't give him a little smooch. <gasps> oh, my God. Stand oh, back. Hard to get. Hard to you know, get. <laughs> I met Robert Pattinson in an Adelaide club called Javago's one Stop night. Stop right there. You know that story's <laughs> true because it sounds totally Because he was real. doing the Rover, which... Can someone text in if they saw the Rover? Should we watch the Rover? Is the Rover somehow, like prescient of 2020 i feel like it was dystopian when it came out i do use the word post mission in my review later on today but talking about dystopian venice film festival's on right now it's the first major film festival to come back everyone's wearing those uh, well when i say everyone tilda swinton is wearing a james t mary you know bjorkian face mask and kate blanchett's on stage nodding in her hospital mask feeling a little bit like wow i should have thought about this part of this uh this outfit (laughs) But basically, this year's famous because they've almost reached gender parity, which is something that every other film festival has not managed to do. And Venice, I feel like, was the most misogynist for the longest. Famously, Jennifer Kent, who we talked to, got called a whore after showing The Nightingale. And um, they've got Claire Denis running a jury in, in Horizons. They've got Kate Blanchett running the main jury and 44% women directors in the main competition. And also there's an Australian film showing, which uh, is continuing the trend in Venice, inviting violent colonial period films from Australia with that in the title, The Furnace, which is about a Muslim um, cameleer who's working in Gold Rush era in, the w- in WA, who steals a bunch of gold and gets 
I guess pursued by a bunch of um, you know white people and makes friends mm. with I think Bakerly Gannonbar's in it um, from The Nightingale makes friends with Jenny, him and I have to pull you up escape on with this gold. Am I still I talking about the synopsis? Yeah, literally, I have to pull you up on a very funny concept that plagues film festivals, which is almost reaching gender parity. This idea that like we're nearly I know. there, we're, we're nearly there. Worry, we're not there. Next we're year, tune not back there. in. Tune back also, in. no offense, but it's not it's not equality if Claire Denis in there because she's got the biggest penis in Hollywood. You know, another thing I want to say about film festivals is the New York Film Festival poster has been released. Yes. John Waters designed it and it's sexy dirty love. I'm all about it. It's got little nods to Almodova, Agnes Varda. It's got some cheeky jokes in there. It feels like movies, 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 don't you think? Yeah, for sure. Little stars on it. It's uh, going to be silk screen printed, I read. Whatever that means. Oh, oh my. Let's get a copy. We should try and get a copy. It is criminal that we couldn't get John Waters on this segment when he came to Australia. That is literally the biggest inequality in the film industry at the moment. That is a joke. I'm sorry I said that on air. And on that, we are going to jump into a song. Right after it, though, we've got uh, Take Two, two special reviews that don't go anywhere. This song right here, Negative Gemini, Don't Worry About the Fuck I'm Doing, and There Is a Language Warning.
on Movies, Movies, Movies here on Mornings and it is time to get the Too Long Didn't Read on some films by Jen and Andre, your favourite film lords. It's take two. Take two. Now, Jen, Andre, we have some special ones this week. Should I just go right into a little scene for you? Mm-hmm. Play mine first. I'm All thinking right. of ending things. All right, here is I'm thinking of ending things. Here they come. Oh, Jeff has told us so much about you. He's told me so much about both of you, too. And you came anyway. <laughs> Jake tells me you're studying quantum psychics. Mm, physics. Really? <laughs> but there's just something profoundly wrong here. Are you okay? Yeah. I think you've ending so. I am so glad Jake has found someone. <laughs> this feels chaotic. Mm-hmm. Okay, so I'm going to start my, my hot take with a question to you, Maya. What is the one thing Michael Sun, Jared Richards, and I all have in common apart from loving receiving BJs? Ooh, uh, a very keen eye for fashion. We all have an opinion on Charlie Kaufman. Second question. What is the problem with this equation? It's an uneven. (laughs) I'm not getting paid to have mine. So here it is, you guys. (laughs) When you hear the words Charlie Kaufman movie, a few things come to mind. Writing an essay on Clockwork Orange in year 11. Watching Fight Club in year 11 in a postmodernism class. Making a Super 8 film in year 12 to go towards your ATAR thinking David Fincher is a genius in year 11, watching The Wire in year 11, pretending to be cool in year 11, dreaming about going to Tish in year 11, and just knowing that Greta Gerwig went to Bard College when you're in year 11, hating yourself and being gay in year 11, but also loving attention. Sound familiar, Jen? Oh my. Jen. (laughs) Is this inclusive? Is this audience participation? This is because Charlie Kaufman is total post-virginity, borderline pansexual bait for people who don't have a heroin addiction, too clean for Mark Maron, and knows Patti Smith outside of Gloria. Charlie Kaufman reveals so much about our self-states that he's unbearable to watch because, let's be honest, no one wants to admit to watching anything on Netflix, let alone taking it seriously. We are all profoundly lame, shameful masturbators who own Penguin Classics. We will never read, and that's the real problem. Charlie Kaufman, show us some D next time. Jen, is that what you were thinking when you were watching I'm Thinking of Ending Things? <laughs> yeah. And the title pretty much sums up how I feel after watching this movie. Mm, mm. Oh, I really miss maybe like the Charlie Kaufman of a decade ago. And by a decade yeah. ago, I mean whenever Bean John Malkovich came out. Because that was humour and gender fluidity and possession and film criticism all in one. And this, to me, just sounds like old man syndrome. Yeah, it was just like marriage story, but a play. I totally. honestly thought that um, there were some genius moments in here, though. The Robert Zemeckis drag film within a film was like true scary movie. And Tony Collette was as good as she's been ever since she's been good, which is forever. Totally. So... I kind of feel like the reason, I feel like the way that Charlie Kaufman made this was that he watched Get Out and he was like, oh my gosh, I have to make something like Jordan Peele, but all I read is Tolstoy. How do I do this? How do I do this? How do I do this? And then just had a minor panic attack that turned into a major dramatic episode and then made a movie for Netflix. <laughs> do you think he got a lot of money for this? Yeah, I think he got too much money for this. And I think whoever like makes the films at Netflix is going through a really bad divorce and we're all having to deal with the content coming out of it. Oh. 
Totally, totally. Ain't that the truth? On that, I think we are going to jump into Jen, your review. Thanks a lot, is it the name? Let's hear a little bit of it. Hey, wait. From the, uh, from the out of time, just want to get a few words off you, buddy. Oofed, Jen, so many sounds on the opposite, not nearly as chaotic as I'm thinking of ending things, I feel, but I think you're going to tell me otherwise. I think it's pretty chaotic and I think we're doing a bit of a car episode because... I'm thinking of any things has about half the film set inside a car and it's incredibly boring. And this film goes for about five minutes and it's all inside a traffic jam. But I think it's pretty exciting. I don't know. I, I guess <laughs> for me, I was like realizing that auteurs love a traffic jam because it's where they get their inspiration. And also they just like wish Hollywood was on the line and they're just imagining themselves in LA. If I was stuck in a traffic jam like this, I mean, I would be filming content for my COVID WhatsApp contacts or picking my nose and eating it. And I would hope that there'd be someone looking into my dirty Yaris window projecting his little insecurities onto on me to make a fun little film project like this one and that's like that's what thanks a lot is by charlie friedman one of the co-creators of the dead end film festival which is a famous film festival down in melbourne set in a drive-through that celebrates resourceful cinema he's like the michelle gondry of home video and um i guess it's like a movie to watch in the sheets like a daytime soundcloud mix of modern folk it's got sleazy journalists in big suits, girls just desperate for their camera time, and a bird on a stick. It's gorgeous and simple and cute and hot. A Father's Day delight, like a comforting dinner from clams in a literal zone of humorless post-Michaud VCA graduate Australian cinema. Um, so I guess it's also like saying, please make a home movie and make it fun. It's streaming on this website called too much world dot rentals all the o's are spelt with the zeros which is a new initiative by the brains of resourceful cinema lucy mcmahon and the hottest director i know emmett aldred where people in narum can access free equipment to make films and then maybe even get them streamed on the website so i see this website growing into the future i think it's an amazing initiative and i hope that someone else other than us sets it up in sydney because all we do is copy what they do at the moment my question is what kind of traffic jam is this? Is this like a, you know, like a, an early morning, like, oh, I got out of the house too late, like it's just after nine, I'm rushing and this is a case of bad luck or just like a late night, like car pile up? Like what, what kind of jam are we talking? It's early morning. It could be right now. You know, it's out <sighs> on like, I would say a really boring stretch of road, which could be Parramatta Road, but I wouldn't say that because Parramatta Road is never boring. So maybe it's more like the Prince's Highway, like kind of around water. the Rockdale area. It's 100%. And there's some old early 90s cars and people running around, people spilling their iced lattes on themselves, a bird on a stick flapping around. Just chaotic. And it's all shot on like a handy cam. It's gorgeous. I love it. It's five minutes. I mean... Is it going to kill you to watch it? Please watch it. Well, damn, it's taken me back to early morning school runs right on the Silverwater Bridge across Parramatta River and getting really angsty as a preteen. <laughs> so... I love that, Maya. Can we buy your life rights and make a film about that? Yes. <laughs> on that, we are going into a song by Kareen, Can't Say No, coming out of Sydney. Up next on Movies, Movies, Movies is Spotlight with Anna Barnes Live, so don't go anywhere. Shut up. 
following Can't Say No by Corrine uh, from Sydney. She is and Jess B out of Auckland. We're on Movies, Movies, Movies and it's time for a little spotlight. Spotlight. Jen, Andre, please uh, reveal who our special guest is. Yes, yes, yes. We're joined today by Anna Barnes, who I am going to struggle to introduce because there are two writer Anna Barnes on the internet. So I'm hoping that I have the right one when I read her, frankly, staggering achievements. We're talking, and correct me if I'm wrong, Anna, actor-nominated writer or writer of actor-nominated content, Mm-hmm. play at the Sydney Theatre Company, countless awards, publishing in Kill Your Darlings, The Lifted Brow and The Age. There's a book, Girl, The Ultimate Guide to Being You. She's nodding. That means it is her. Please welcome <laughs> Anna Barnes, a writer of Retrograde on ABC. Thank you for joining us on Movies, Movies, Movies. Oh, thank you. I'm so glad that uh, you didn't introduce me as the best-selling 20 author. Uh, there's another Anna Barnes who has very... Uh, a very long, illustrious publishing career. Uh, but yeah, I, I am, yeah. I am the, yeah, she's a self-help guru, exactly. <laughs> but no, I am I am the aforementioned of one. So thank you for having me. No worries. We're here to talk about the show that you wrote on ABC Retrograde, uh, uh, collaboration during COVID, during lockdown, I understand. And it's a show that is about and made during lockdown, friends talking over Zoom, all set across the plethora of squares that populate Zoom. I wanted to ask first up, how do you write a show during a pandemic? And I'm not asking for like nitty gritty writer tips. I'm talking about literally emotionally and creatively. How do you even put yourself to work? I think in some ways it was, I mean, for me, I guess it's going to be different for everyone, but for me it was easy because suddenly I had something to think about and do during this time. Before then, I mean, I was just listening to the daily constantly and just like doom scrolling as everything was going on. So in in some ways it was kind of perfect because all of a sudden we had a reason to get up and work and kind of not think or obsess over everything that was going on in the world. I guess I wanted that, to. Oh, on top yeah. of that, I wanted to ask real quick: comedy. How do you even manage to find slash do comedy during a pandemic? It's the only thing you can do, right? I mean, how else do you uh, do you deal with it? I think it was just the it was our natural way um, of kind of approaching it. Meg O'Connell, the creator with Marco Tool, we just you know, it just kind of came naturally that the only way we'd be able to do it is do something light and fun kind of almost like romantic comedy there was a lot of like love lines and it just felt like that was the approach that you know came naturally and also was what we wanted to see I wanted to know how you cast it during a pandemic can we say pandemic in every question (laughs) (laughs) yes pandemic pandemic um so yeah it was all cast there was I think um I mean there was obviously tapes as always, but I do think there was at the beginning, because it obviously went through some different kind of times. When we were filming towards the end, we were filming in Melbourne, so we had the extra restrictions. But at the beginning, I think there were some in-person um, casts. Like, so yeah, I think there were some auditions with um, Natalie Bailey, the incredible director. Um, yeah, so I think it was mostly tapes, but then some in I'm wondering if you were able to do things that, that you've been wanting to do for a long time or if when you were writing Retrograde, you were like, okay, every joke has to be about the pandemic and everything has to revolve around 
this period of history that we're living in. We can't explore anything outside of those restrictions. It has to be relevant to time and place and, again, the pandemic. No, not at all. I mean, there were some things that we brought up. I mean, as we were writing, we had a really clear idea of timeline of when it was set. Um, so that we knew that, for example, what was going on outside, we knew certain things were happening in the world. They were, you know, there was that period where we were all obsessed with Italy. Um, there was that period where we were all watching Tiger King. I mean, there were big kind of like moments and we had them all kind of um, set out for us as in the writing team. We knew when things were happening. But no, a lot of the stuff that happens actually is mostly, um, you know, fun that's happening between friends and relationships it wasn't kind of solely based on COVID we wanted to make it more based on the friendships and and the relationships I think it would have been a a difficult um, thing to do a half hour show that just purely kind of is constantly talking about pandemic also because that's not what it's like right I mean we talk about it sometimes but you know as I'm in Melbourne we're in I think someone said the strictest lockdown in the world I don't know if that's true or if that's some kind of Murdoch talking point but we're in a pretty strict kind of lockdown and yeah we talk about it a bit but we also don't I mean mm. life to, still quote goes Mar- to quote Marina Bromovich that the pandemic isn't sexy there we go exactly <laughs> exactly <laughs> I guess I wanted to know as well because obviously the shooting style is all MCU like we are right now zoom conversations talking heads were there any references that you dived into to think okay who's been using this format who actually did it well and they say you are what you eat I guess I want to know what you were watching at the time you were writing wow if we are what we eat in watching oh my gosh I watch a lot of terrible content (laughs) online so I hope I'm not um yeah we definitely watched everything that was being made remotely I mean there was a mythic quest episode there was a park and rec episode I mean I was watching a lot of twitch i was watching a lot of youtube i mean yeah i think we were all kind of looking at stuff that was being made remotely in different forms for different kind of um you know show types or or films we'd also we'd created um content which um was ludo studio phone show which is a vertical show so we had kind of in some ways had um we were used to working within kind of very particular constraints in some ways. So I think that helped. We were, I'm um, quite, yeah, quite across different forms. So yeah, we were trying to watch everything that was going on, to be honest, anything, whenever anyone was doing something remotely, you know, we'd send it through a, the discord and everyone would have a watch and see what we liked, see what worked. I mean, the main thing that we took away was that we really wanted people to be live. So we didn't want people to be playing, you know, actors to be doing playback because we found that the shows where they were all live um, reacting to each other were the ones that we thought were the most compelling. So, yeah, that was kind of one of the things that we took away from what, what we liked out, that was already out there. Big question. Is there going to be a season two or can you not make a season I'm two? I'm so glad we're asking this question. Uh, after, like, season one <laughs> I know, of the show I about pandemic. <laughs> I really hope so. Um, I, I, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I guess it's up to, um, you know, ABC, Unless, Orange Entertainment. I don't know. I have no idea. But do I hope you have, so. Do you have plans though? Like, do, does their relationship hold yeah. up outside Is of that material? Oh, I think we all have. Yeah. I mean, I have a lot 
of um, a lot of ideas for series two. I have a lot of very strong held opinions. I think we all do. I, um, Michelle Lee, who was one of the writers, we, you know, we had talked about all getting together and like discussing what we wanted, even, you know, regardless of whether a season two is coming up. Cause we all just, I mean, you just become so, especially when you're working on something. I mean, this, this show was pitched um, and then was on the, on, on TV within a three month period, which is, so 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 quick so we were kind of living and breathing these characters in these stories so yeah we we all have very strong feelings about uh what who what's happening next and uh mm. yeah what sophie's relationship with bess is like you know we've all got <laughs> very strong emotions about it it's your so, corona yeah. baby <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> well fingers crossed there's going to be a season two anna Thank you so much for popping by Movies, Movies, Movies. I haven't seen Jen and Andre light up like this in some minutes. So this is... And can I just say, big light up comes from a Dirty Projectors theme song. That <laughs> intro is just to die for. Gorgeous. Gorgeous. It's so good. It's I so love that. So it's like the polar opposite of Zoom conversations. Mm. <laughs> well, that's good. That's good. Yeah. And it's all on ABC Ivy now. So, um, yeah. If you didn't check it out, you can check it out. We'll pop or a link. Yeah, we'll pop a link up on the program page at fbiradio.com. Thank you so much again, Anna. Retrograde is the series. And we're going to jump into some more music here on FBI. This one's by Gaucho Lustwork, Another Story. This podcast is produced by FBI Radio in Sydney. Find more at fbiradio.com slash podcasts.